Welcome to the Truth Lover video podcast presented by Love and Truth Party. I'm your host, Will Pye, author, speaker, transformational coach, and founder of Love and Truth Party. Love and Truth Party is a self-organizing, self-replicating community and movement of love and awakening, a wisdom school facilitating health, healing, and happiness. Find us and join our mailing list at www.loveandtruthparty.org. We exist to empower the deep realization and integration of unitive consciousness of one human being and to inspire action in the world from this clarity as new earth ninjas, our playful avatar. We do so in the spirit of play, holding the paradox that all is well, even and in including all collective crises while simultaneously being moved to act to lessen suffering and serve the creation of conscious culture and society. Our projects include distributing a million love letters from the universe, inviting people to receive love and care in these, and within the happiness hacks and other free resources found on loveandtruthparty.org. Our online courses, The Alchemy of Cancer and The Alchemy of Depression, empower the creation of health, healing, and happiness. And I'm thrilled today that we are joined by Janine Walston. Janine, just bring up your bio here, has extensive experience for over 20 years focused on healthcare, cancer, wellness, and lifestyle, including special expertise and deep passion for addressing the whole person. She has a national reputation as a cancer coach, health and wellness coach, consultant, and speaker through her business's integrative cancer care for the whole person and healing focus. Janine is a brain tumor survivor since March of 1998, and that certainly enriches her work and perspectives. Janine, it's wonderful to have you here today. Thank you so much, Will. It's an honor to be with you. Ah, great, great pleasure. And we were playing around with uh, how we might frame our, our conversation and we were looking at possible titles and uh, we came up with cancer, healing, and the power of purpose. So I reckon we've got quite a juicy amount in there to explore. And I'm wondering if it might be a nice place to start. Um, you know, 20 years as a survivor from a brain tumor is pretty remarkable. So perhaps you could share what cancer healing and the power of purpose has meant for you. What's your experience been of that? Well, it's been such a journey for me. I was diagnosed when I was 24. I knew nothing about cancer and you know, I was working in the US Congress, wanted to become you know, an attorney. And um, as I dwelled into doing research in the cancer world um, and specifically for a brain tumor, I found uh, different um, information strategies in my process for optimal health and healing. And I can briefly tell you with my conventional treatments, um, with innovation, which is so important, um, it's, uh, I had three awake brain surgeries, radiation, chemotherapy, as well as uh, clinical trials, including immunotherapy. And as I was going through that journey, uh, I really, came to understand with emphasis personally and professionally in my work in the cancer uh, arena that it had to, it couldn't just be cancer itself. I had to give attention to the whole person. And over many years, I've been able to understand 
the whole person in relationship with cancer and in general. I mean, it's paramount for anyone to really um, acknowledge and strive to define and give attention to the whole person. And um, so with cancer, it's, it's a dance. And it's um, paramount to then define, you know, the whole person. And I've done that. And that's, you know, an incredible mosaic um, within and, and externally. And mm-hmm. certainly with uh, whole person, integrative cancer care for the whole person, integrative um, health and wellness, you know, however defined. It's the entire physical body, mind-body connection spiritual vitality, social support, and a cleaner environment. So it's such a healing process, um, again, for anyone. And with cancer, you know, it's, it's, um, it's tricky. And it's um, an ongoing relationship uh, in my mindset to really um, become more awake and uh, really focus on um, that that uh, healing process. And, you know, I perceive, you know, uh, until I move on, (laughs) Um, um, when I, um, yes, when I die, you know, it's, um, you know, my last breath, it's important for, for that ongoing transformation, evolution, and to really strive in so many ways, you know, including through, through purpose. Mm-hmm. Beautifully summed up. So much was coming to me from from hearing that. One thing I like the the metaphor of a dance. It seems that the way we look at cancer, the way we frame cancer, is is so important. And to to recognise that there's the opportunity or a potential, because diving at that level of depth into all that you listed there, really transforming the whole person, your environment, inner, outer, everything. That's an extraordinarily rich journey of personal self-discovery, of growth, of, uh, of, of expansion and so on. So uh, that certainly matches with my own experience to a large extent as well, that there is within such a crisis, within such a significant problem, a, a huge opportunity for, for ultimately better health and, and, and a happier human being. Yes, for anyone, it's it's paramount, you know, to really um, have that self awareness and to strive in new directions. You know, as I repeat, with or without cancer, and right. you know, it was such you know a process for me when I initially, you know, I had my uh, my first awake brain surgery one week after, I'm sorry, one month after being diagnosed. And then I, I didn't know what to do. You know, I, I was thinking um, cancer prevention and I started with complementary and alternative therapies and then it was holistic. And then to really understand again, the, the mosaics, um, it's um, so, so important. Um, and it's for each person, each individual, to really find 
you know, what is best for them. And that can be um, with uh, complexities because um, you know, people have um, the capacity in their own, uh, I don't want to say box, but we're, everyone can be in a box where um, they're, uh, they haven't had the insights in the past to really expand their horizons and to be open, to be really, really open to new information uh, possibilities and and really take it from there. Yeah, I mean, for, for, for me, it seems that cancer really insists that we look at things differently. There's no more powerful message or invitation that what's been going on hasn't been working you know it hasn't been working ideally something's not right so there's a there's an insistence that to to transform to change and i think it's one of the reasons i know you're a successful cancer coach and health and wellness coach and it's one of the reasons i love working with cancer patients amongst other clients is that generally there's a very strong motivation and drive to transform so often they're great clients to work with because you get to see that uh that that transformation and, and that change i wonder if you can maybe share a little bit about how i guess there's, there's, there's something i'd like like your perspective on because that's what i often observe and also it's not always the case so how how is it perhaps that you know, with your experience at working with people how is it that some people maybe don't take that invitation or to, 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 to make the overall transformation of their, of their life? And is that, is that a fair distinction in your observations? It varies. It really varies. And there, there are ways for education. There are ways for motivation and to really um, create relationships in our conversation and some structure um, on a daily basis for them to incorporate new ideas and new um, um, usage of, of what um, you know, we're talking about. And you know, it's a process. It, it can't, you know, some pieces often can't, can't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's really, you know, from, the mindset, you know, with anything, you know, to, okay, you know, uh, I'm gonna, I should eat certain foods, for example, you know, well, you know, I, I still want to eat sugar, <laughs> or whatever it is, and to really, um, you know, uh, discuss that for at a step-by-step -step process, you know, that, that can be really helpful. It varies, though, as I mentioned. Um, it, it depends on the person and to really develop um, understanding to a certain capacity and to really um, capture you know, who they are and what they're doing in their own lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And to emphasize that you, know, you can go to a provider. That's fantastic. And you know, I, as a cancer coach, I if they're interested, strive to create a plan and a team. And then, okay, well, you, you go to see a provider or whomever it is, you know, it's an hour perhaps. 
well, what about 24 seven? And it's, you know, really important to understand the concept of self-care strategies. Mm-hmm. You know, this is with each person, you know, they, they live their life and they make choices. And um, to really put that into the psyche to understand, you know, you can um, work in certain directions and through scientific research at it really um, reduces uh, cancer, you know, cancer prevention, or, um, you know, there, if, for example, there was a, a recent study about exercise, you know, for um, cancer patients diagnosed and through treatments, and you know, certainly it shows that um, cancer increases survival um, and with details, with exercise, uh-huh. it was uh, with um, over um, uh, uh, 5,000 patients, 20 different types of cancer. And that's, to me, that's really innovative. Is someone else going to take in that scientific information? Well, I don't know, but, you know, I I could insert that. It depends on the person. Maybe, you know, someone is talking about, you know, their, their family and their kids. Well, you know, you can do that with your kids or you can think that in your mindset, you know, to do certain things and not just exercise, certainly other, other um, pieces uh, in the puzzle of uh, each person. It's, it's uh, great that there are more studies coming out that prove what really is common sense in, in my mind that, for example, exercise, diet, you know, not eating foods with carcinogens on them. It's probably a good starting point. Um, Eating whole foods, it's just really basic, obvious stuff, or it seems obvious to me at least. And and attitude. So these three things for me are probably the most evidenced causes of good health outcomes in general. You know, diet, exercise, and and, and attitude. And of course, we know from the placebo effect and so on from psychoneuroimmunology that our state of mind is, is causative in, in health outcomes. And, and yet, I actually had an oncologist say to me that food, diet, um, attitude, irrelevant. Don't worry about it. Nothing to do with this. It was like, wow, uh, how extraordinary that an apparent expert could offer that advice. So it really emphasizes the, the need for a broader conversation. I like how you point also to the team that an individual needs to assemble. Mm-hmm. So for, for me, it was like, you know, there was at different times, different people, like a massage therapist was a really uh, important part of my self-care process and, and, and emotional healing and so on for a while, or a naturopath as, as well as the conventional guys. But the conventional guys for me were very much just part of that team. They weren't leading the team. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm leading the team. So it's, it seems that that's, important that the individual who's been diagnosed uh, and in in general beyond cancer diagnosis takes on that personal responsibility takes that um takes that position of power as a patient rather than rather than victim i imagine that's been important in your journey with you know a successful 20 years of 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 surviving and serving others well, certainly, I am. Um, I have to be motivational. Um, I have to be an advocate, a self-advocate. 
<laughs> and um, it's, it's essential um, to really, you know, live life more fully. With it's, uh, you know, I can't just, um, I, I've gone through waves where I've been in overwhelm. And at the same time, you know, I, um, I strive, you know, I strive in new directions. And I've learned a lot, a tremendous amount from things that I wish I hadn't done. Um, and you know, the unexpected, the unexpected is uh, a, an incredible teacher. Can you speak a little bit about what you wish you hadn't done or is that sort of within your life journey? I know I can look back in mine and like anyone look at look at things that I've choices that I've made that weren't uh, weren't the smartest. Well, I, I had extreme um, it was extreme with um, a well-known hospital where uh, and it wasn't my fault I was having MRIs but you know I was eventually told of my a recurrence in 2004 and it's actually you know clear through through the um, um, you know the reports that um, it began in 2000 so I could have asked for reports you know every after every um, MRI and conversations with my neuro-oncologist and you know that was um, you know that, that still bothers me and he had left the hospital and uh, in between when I was finally told I, I could um, get my next MRI uh, for a whole year. So, um, you know, it's, it's important to trust. And at the same time, uh, well, can I trust with, you know, all providers? Um, so um, I, I, I still um, am aware and uh, trying to figure out the best course of action. So and that, that's the really, self-advocacy, right? It's like you, you're you're really, the, the buck stops with you or the buck stops with me. Because we might, it, it's reasonable, we might think, well, the oncologist knows what they're doing. The hospital, they're expert. They're, they're not going to overlook a scan or they're not going to miss something out. Or, and, and yet that's not actually true in your experience. Certainly it's not, it's not true in mine. That's a, that, that's, that's, a, that's a big responsibility to, to take, but it feels really important to, like, to emphasize that this is so important that the individual takes responsibility for their health, doesn't expect anyone else to, 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 to take care for it. And everyone is unique. So um, mm -hmm. as you're saying that, my mind, you know, was thinking of, you know, male, female, uh, older or younger and thinking, okay, well, I have a doctor. My doctor is going to make all decisions, and that's that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, then I stop, you know, um, because I know, um, you know, from the very beginning, it's important um, again to be proactive and engage in actions. And you know, challenges can become opportunities, and adversity into actions. You know, being proactive and that's when you know people can really um, uh, strive. And if they, if the the patient, the person, you know, can't do it, they're not interested. They can. It's incredible how caregivers uh, play that role. Mm. And I, a doctor years ago, told me that 
um, and he was a, a coach. And he um, said that, well, um, you know, I'm working with 50% uh, overall of cancer patients and, you know, 50% of caregivers, you know, trying to figure out the, you know, the best course of action, not necessarily defining, you know, treatments and those details. And yet, you know, to a lot of important information um, that was, um, you know, with the, the mindset beneficial to the patient. Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a journey. <laughs> it's definitely a journey, you know, and yeah, I, I hear you when you pointed to that, um, when we were speaking about the changes that we might make and how much motivation we might have and so on. Yeah. I'm looking at myself now, eight years after diagnosis and I'm still refining and adjusting and remembering, Oh, I really, why, why did I forget? Why, why did I stop doing that? Or, uh, whatever it might be. So the ongoing nature of the, of, of, of the journey as you, as you aptly put it. I also wanted just to, to emphasize what you were saying about, the, the importance of self-advocacy and point to the evidence behind that because one of my favorite books um, that I'll recommend to people is um, Radical Remissions by Dr. Kelly Turner. And okay. I think the of the nine factors that outlier results um, or spontaneous remissions or miracle healings, however we language that, create, uh, they point to intuition, like all of them say that intuition in their treatment decision intuition in their treatment options being absolutely fundamental and so important and that just really emphasizes there might be a point when we're faced whether it be an alternative provider or a complementary provider or a conventional provider where they're giving us advice that they feel is really the right way to go but we might have a sense that that's not right that there's actually a different path that's right for our unique case right for our body so that's, uh, so that's that, I think that's, a, that's, that's for me how that self-advocacy might be guided or what it might look like. So I'm interested, uh, how, how has your intuition been helpful? How have you followed it or not followed it as the, as the years have unfolded in, in your journey? As you bring up intu intuition, I feel some calm within and certainly um, a part of my life, you know, as a child. And that has continued to um, unfold in my adulthood. And I think it's key in living life more fully, you know, to be aware, to be awake. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's intuition, uh, the way I perceive it, and instincts. Instincts are, you know, in the body in a certain ways, mm -hmm. a certain way, and um, that relationship, that um, you know, communication, uh, awareness, and then um, with intuition. Sometimes, you know, for me, I perceive information, you know, from um, uh, the out, the outside. <laughs> I can put it that way, mm -hmm. externally. Um, you know, guidance, um, you know, spiritual guidance. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel spirit within as well. I'm mm -hmm. also aware of my soul and, and my soul's evolution and, and those forms of guidance. Mm -hmm. um, so with intuition, um, you know, I, 
and I go to my mindset, you know, sometimes I make mistakes. You know, I, I, I feel that I should go this way or another. And that's um, for me to learn more. Um, and, and that's okay. Of course, you know, it depends on the decision-making process. Right. And, and so, sorry, I was going to say, to, to expand that decision-making process from just the rational thought, I think we, we live in a culture that's uh, dominated by that, particularly within medicine, you know, that, that, you, that you use reason, reason and rational thought. And yet, if we actually look at the evidence and really truly use reason and rational thought to, to, to speak to instinct, as you were saying, like that would be the brain in our gut, right? The neurology in our gut, we could say. And the intuition is the neurology in our heart. So it seems kind of funny, apt to brain tumor survivors that um, to, to, to be in the awareness that our brain, our neurology, our intelligence is dispersed through the body. Uh, and I think that's not, not something that most, well, I, I don't know, but I think it's something that would be helpful for more patients to be aware of when they're in conversations with providers. Like, what's your body telling you? What's your gut telling you? What's your heart telling you? As well as the, 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 the reason and rational thoughts as well. So it feels like a really big piece of how to navigate that journey. And it's, again, it's a journey. So um, I can explain it um, in corporation and explaining it with doctor-patient communication. Um, and the, the cancer patient, the person with cancer, uh, impacted by cancer, you know, I think it's important for them to take that relationship from the doctor. And indeed, as, as you were just describing, um, you know, as we're talking about, you know, to, to really, um, uh, and it can be, you know, talking with the doctor in the, in, in a, you know, in person together, or it can be digesting and then the body, you know, that, that relationship with the body continues and, you know, to really listen and, and to, um, track, you know, that, um, that communication together and absolutely it'll come. And, and sometimes, you know, it'll, it'll certainly just come, you know, like that, you know, that, that awareness, um, you know, no, no, it's not a good idea or mm -hmm. okay. You know, okay. You know, I'm going to embrace it. And once, you know, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, another treatment, first treatment or, or various treatments, you know, and, or as well as, you know, um, within integrative cancer care for the whole person or whatever person defines it, you know, to, to know that it is a process. It is a process. It takes time sometimes. Right. And to emphasize that integrative aspect, I know that's, uh, I was reading a blog on your, on your website, JanineWalston.com, where you distinguish between alternative, complementary, integrative, and so on. And it seems that that's a very important clarity to have as to what integrative is and how it is about engaging the whole person. You listed some of those uh, areas of focus uh, earlier on in our conversation. And I wonder if you can speak to 
what's been most significant in your whole person treatment for yourself? Like if someone's watching this and they've had a diagnosis or they're just looking to really hear what has been the most, most powerful levers, as it were, in supporting your growth and well-being, what have you found to be like the key areas in, in your own experience? In my own experience over the last 20 years, uh, I've uh, done hundreds of integrative um, approaches, you know, therapy approaches, and um, it changes over time. Um, so, you know, at this point, you know, I'm focused on diet and exercise and stress reduction and meditation and you know, an osteopath and um, a, a neuro, neuro, neurological um, uh, a chiropractor and um, so many other strategies and a, a, a GI doctor, you know, it, it really depends on the timing. Right. It is essential and really to assess and reassess. Um, and I've been to um, three clinics in... Um, in Europe, um, two in Germany and one in Switzerland. Um, and that was years ago. <laughs> I um, certainly um, learned a lot in the process. Um, Were they integrative clinics or specialists in brain tumors? Or? It wasn't uh, specific to brain tumors. It was for cancer and um, using different strategies. Uh, I was at that point, after I was informed of the recurrence, I um, was living my life. I, I didn't want to have my second uh, brain surgery at that point. And certainly um, at a few years into that, um, that chapter, I started looking in other directions and felt that I would find more innovative treatments in Europe. You know, in hindsight, the case is yes, to a certain degree. And, you know, certainly um, there are providers in this country that are um, thinking outside of the box. So um, it varies. It totally varies. And the healing piece, I know that that's been important for me. And healing for me is about wholeness. And I think that's what we were speaking about, the whole, the whole person looking at the whole emotional body the mental body the physical body of course and how the physical body is interacting with the with the environment and there's a lot of things you can buy in department stores that you really don't want to be putting on your clothes or your uh, surfaces or whatever else it might be um but it means something more as well for me which is around i'm not even sure if i always like the word healing because it kind of implies broken or something that needs fixing but I, I'm particularly interested in, in, in an aspect of healing or what I would call integrative uh, integration work or metabolizing, which is around emotions. Um, and we know from Candace Pert's work with the molecules of emotion, and we know from psychoneuroimmunology that the, these, these, our feelings, our emotions are, are far from insignificant when it comes to our body's experience of, of ease or dis-ease. And I wonder if you can speak to that. It like, has emotional healing or emotional integration or metabolizing. Uh, to what extent has that been part of your journey and, and inquiry? 
That's a great topic. Um, certainly, in general, it took me many years to understand, um, of course, the mind-body connection. That was earlier in my journey. And then to understand emotions, feelings, thoughts, beliefs, action, actions, you know, ego. It's, there are so many you know, constructs in you know, getting to know the emotions and where that comes from. You know, various levels can come from the past and that repetition that occurs. And to really be in the moment and to recognize, you know, okay, I just got it. You know, I did this. Mm -hmm. And then to um, incorporate new strategies for um, you know, improvements in the moment as well as in the future. You know, to, it's, it's really important um, to identify the cause. You know, I think of functional medicine. I think of, you know, individuals really trying to get to know them um, in to a, a more, um, you know, uh, detailed um, individuality. You know, it's, um, it's not, you know, the surface, you know, and really looking into the body, the internal terrain, the milieu um, in that process with the mind-body connection and, you know, I eat something that isn't right for me. Well, there's that um, immediate um, uh, progress in, in my cognitive functions that become, you know, sluggish or, um, or pissed off or whatever it is. And um, when I'm hungry, you know, I'm, I'm just not myself. Um, so it's, um, there, there are so many ways in that dance, you know, and, and to be very aware um, emotionally and to define it and then identify, well, what is that about? You know, why did, why did I just go there? And, um, you know, what is the cause? You know, am I doing this frequently or sometimes? You know, and who am I with? Am I with by myself or am I with, another person or a group of people and to really know where they are. And, um, you know, and there can be that repetition where, you know, perhaps they're, you know, at a similar level with uh, a certain pattern and then, you know, to, to really go to a new place and, you know, to, to uh, play around to find, you know, a, um, a external, um, you know, feeling and, uh, you know, a, a new way uh, to experience in, in life that, that can help to, you know, transform. Mm -hmm. um, and then to, again, recognize, okay, you know, I, it, it, is this continuing? Is this continuing? And how can I, I change it? So, you know, I, I continue um, in that process um, absolutely you know and again I was you know diagnosed uh, with a brain tumor that was a long time ago I mean, of course <laughs> you know I'm 45 so um, you know I uh, aspire to to live a long life um, for the last um, 20 years I've um, I've definitely learned uh, a lot and that continues
Mm-hmm. I like what you're pointing to there about um, what for me has been, has been after I was diagnosed a sort of ruthlessness around who I'm spending my time with, uh, and and indeed what I'm watching and what I'm reading. I really started to get really clear on uh, what's important, and I want to be with people that I feel good in relationship with, that I enjoy being with, that um, are supportive of my health and well-being. It seems like an obvious thing, but I think a lot of people um, may find themselves in relationships or in friendships that aren't actually supportive of their highest good or, or their health or well-being. Um, a lot of the media that's out there on Netflix and uh, you know, there, there are certain series and films and so on, that they, they may not actually be really programming us in the most inspired and um, joyful, healthy state of mind and body. So again, it's, it's another, another strand of the integrative approach, it seems, like really looking at your environment and often people think, well, okay, chemicals that I'm using in the home, and yes, that's part of it, but also your circle of friends, your loved ones, people that you're connecting with on a regular basis, are they, are they contributing or do they need to be jettisoned, let go of? Um, that's, a, I think, a really useful gift that I've taken from the whole process. Now I, I won't waste time with le- literature, books, films, people that aren't, aren't good for me, essentially. Um, so that, that's, that's, that's been a, a, a positive. I think there's a Facebook slide doing the rounds, isn't there, that says before you diagnose yourself with depression, just check you're not hanging around with a bunch of, I think it says on the slide, arseholes or something like this. Um, so having a, a, a clarity and, again, being, in, being empowered to, 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 to be clear on that. And I hear you speaking as well about going back to the emotional aspect, those, those patterns, those um, patterns of thought or emotions that we're experiencing. So there's that opportunity to continue that journey of expansion and, 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 and healing and, well, and well-being as well. Absolutely. Um, and as you noted, as we're talking about you know, the mind-body connection, you know, that being a, a piece of it, um, and again, it's the um, the internal you know environment, the milieu that really needs to transform. You know, I um, I thought of a woman today um, before our conversation, and I met her. I was doing a, a raw foods retreat, and um, she uh, was she told me her story. She worked there and she told me her story um, where she had um, metastatic breast cancer and she um, wasn't, you know, responding to uh, raw foods, you know, diet, uh, different strategies. And um, she continued staying there further and she realized through a conversation with someone um, she was in the pool, and she, uh, as I recall, her uh, daughter, someone in the family, died, and it just, however, you know, it was um, possible for this to you know, suddenly, you know, be 
um, articulated, you know, with those intense emotions, she couldn't stop crying. She could mm -hmm. not stop crying um, for days, and it, it continued. And mm -hmm. that's when she started to heal. Mm -hmm. Profoundly, not, not just in her, um, her emotions, her mindset, you know, her mm -hmm. psyche, but literally, you know, her, um, some of her, um, whatever she was dealing with, um, PET scans, you know, it, it, it was increasing and in parts it, it just wasn't even there anymore. Um, so there are a number of pieces in, again, these puzzles that um, are acquired, it's beneficial when it's identified and released. It's that, that moving, you know, that's movement, you know, really um, moving through that process is really um, important in order to um, be on the other side with um, improvements large and small. And it, it can be huge, it can be huge. Yeah, that's a huge piece there. And it feels helpful to emphasize that. So there's a bit of a paradox because on the one hand, we want to cultivate joy, we want to cultivate happiness, we want to cultivate peace of mind. All these things are good for the nervous system, for the body mind. And we also need to be open to and willing to feel whatever needs to be felt, whether it's a grief that's been blocked away or stored in the body or, or a sadness or whatever it might be. So there's that willingness to, 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 I like this phrase or word metabolize because it really points to the, you know, that, that woman, as, as I hear that story, there was, there was a grief that was pushed away, that was unprocessed, that was stored in her, in her body. And there was a, a, a something, there was a goodness to extract from that, but it needs to be felt it needs to be you know i think there's a nice metaphor of the manure or you know, that you, there's a lot of crap there excuse my language but it the, but there's nutrients in there there's goodness that things can, can grow from so that's certainly been true in my journey as well the necessity to go into the darkness to go into our shadows to go into our wounds to go into our uh, unprocessed emotional charges and, and to feel it and the, and the power of that release, I actually had a similar moment on my journey that felt to be significant. And I, th I thought the next scan would show that it had the tumor had disappeared completely. Such was the momentous nature of the emotional release. Uh, as I have come to see it now, I look back and think, well, that was the psycho-spiritual breakthrough. And I think then that felt, to have surgery after that felt... Um, made more sense that, that on that psycho-spiritual emotional issue having been resolved, now the surgery could take care of, of the physical residue as it, as it were. So it's, you know, as I'm speaking to all this and hearing your journey and, and the, the, the complexity and uh, learning that such a journey invites of people, that offers people, you've emphasized and I always emphasize how unique an individual's experience with with cancer is and you also spoke and I want to just tie this in you spoke of the soul's journey so that deeper reason for you being that deeper 
pattern of this life or functional purpose of this life. I wonder if you can touch on that, like how has dialing into your deeper purpose, your reason for being, how has that been significant in your journey of, of healing and health? That's, um, that's so important for everyone. And um, in my journey, I, as I was uh, moving forward after my, my surgery and going back to work and, you know, ultimately exploring in a, a variety of ways. And I, um, I can explain it in so many different ways. I was going to support groups, you know, I was immediately helping people um, and as I was striving to um, experience support on my own. And when I, um, I became friendly with uh, someone that went to the support group and over time she was getting sicker and sicker. And as I bared witness to, um, I believe it was only one time as um, she was closer to her passing, um, it broke my heart. I'd never seen it before. Uh, and then um, going to her, her funeral, um, it completely, I, I was feeling my pain profoundly. And I was then feeling my, my body and what uh, instincts, you know, what I was doing. Uh, and I was, um, you know, I wanted to lobby Congress. I was having other people send letters, you know, to Congress, you know, that brain tumor, brain cancer needs more funding, mm -hmm. period. And how it was so important for the National Cancer Institute to increase, you know, what, what they provide um, to, you know, my new community. Um, it, again, so needed. And you know, from there, I, as I was continuing working in the U.S. Congress, I had one month um, uh, recovering from surgery. And when I returned and uh, continued there for um, less than two years, as I was exploring, it was clear to me that I wanted to, I was already doing volunteer work. And then it was clear to me that I wanted to um, join the cancer community, you know, full time. And it's been um, an incredible uh, evolution. Uh, I was working for two cancer nonprofits, one, you know, extremely well known in, in the country. And it was perfect timing. I was a consultant with the Food and Drug Administration, the National Cancer Institute. And I was loving you know all of those experience and at the same time i was uh that was when i was really seeing it and defining it i couldn't just focus on the disease i had to give attention to the whole person and i didn't understand it you know what that was um and uh, i immediately got um a, a job um, position uh, full-time at um, the National Center for Complementary and Alternative Medicines Clearinghouse, I'm part of the uh, National Institutes of Health. So it, it, from there, it just continued, continued. Um, that has been my journey. Um, and then I started my own business in mm -hmm. 2004. 
Uh, and uh, it's essential for each person to find their calling in life. Um, now, I have to um, incorporate, um, emphasize that some people are already doing their work about what is most meaningful to them. And um, suddenly they're dealing with cancer and it's, um, it's ongoing and it's challenging and they don't have the time to do their work that they love. Um, and, you know, maybe they just, you know, they feel tired, you know, they, you know, they're just not, you know, thinking as well. They're, they're not motivated and, and they can't, um, you know, in, in various ways. So it depends on the person, you know, some, some people want to, you know, uh, you know, realize I'm not giving attention to my family. You know, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, well, bravo, good for them because they are seeing and choosing what they desire, period. Right. So um, it really depends on the person. And in my journey, um, as I described, um, it's um, been through um, wonderful waves and uh, continuing you know, to strive now and, and into the future. I appreciate how you emphasize that the, the, the personal nature of that purpose. Purpose is one of those words that we tend to think of some sort of big cause or heroic or something like this. And that's clearly been a part of how your purpose has evolved into running your own business, into serving others to create healing and, and health and well-being um, that sort of fits with that model. And I appreciate you speaking to, for someone, it might be to focus more on their relationships, to focus more on being the best father that they can be or the best mother that they can be. Um, so what that purpose or calling looks like will, will vary. And I like how you emphasize it's that, it's that coming into contact with what we truly desire with what that individual really really truly desires not what society wants us to do not what we have wanted to do since mum and dad's influence or whatever but what we actually truly desire to experience create um contribute in in this life and contributing you know with service can be defined in so many ways mm -hmm. um you know what is service mm -hmm. is it service for me to take care of myself because mm -hmm. i've never done that before i'm not saying that for myself mm -hmm. um and, and in some ways yes you know i i i don't have the awareness um i'm getting to know myself and what i need to do and you know, certainly um, service in other ways, um, mm. which is so, so important. And there's the giving and receiving and defining mm. that in so many different ways. And to really, you know, um, you know, feel thankful, definitely feeling thankful. I, uh, I, I know your smile is probably in recognition of how important gratitude is in, in, in my journey in life as well. And also I, I hear the um, appreciate pointing to the, the importance of receiving as well. I think very often people, particularly mothers and, and fathers perhaps, are so programmed or so conditioned or practiced, habituated, being wonderful givers and looking after others, taking care of others, that it takes a little bit of work to actually 
adjust their focus to recognizing that now I need to take care of myself first and foremost. That's most important. My health and well-being is most important. I've got to prioritize that. Um, and it's interesting to notice that's often a bit of a process in itself for people to, to, to take that shift and into that receiving frame of mind as well. For, for me, with the brain tumor thing, one of the aspects of that, looking at it from a sort of esoteric metaphysical perspective, was connection with source or connection with life or connection with consciousness and, and, and receiving uh, that love of, of, of life. Uh, has been very important and I appreciate you speaking to thankful being thankful because for me that's a really effective simple way of receiving actually appreciating the goodness appreciating even our breath appreciating our good qualities appreciating our uh, appreciating our journey appreciating all the beauty and, and goodness that's in our life and our experience which of course is great for the immune system. It's great for our overall body-mind system. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking at the time and um, uh, mindful of yours and, and uh, ensuring we sort of finish within some reasonable time frame as well. And it feels that perhaps on that receiving and gratitude, we might have touched on a, a nice um, completion point. And I want to, ensure that people are aware of janinewalston.com and they'll be able to read all the website and so on details in the notes so that if they feel called cool to connect with you there's lots of useful blog articles really useful information on that website um, and of course if people want to engage with a coach or a speaker or a consultant that's opportunities that are available as well so i want to say I also have, um, I have two websites. Mm -hmm. The other one is healingfocus.org. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. So healingfocus.org as well as janinewalston.com. And both of those will all feature in the, um, in the, in the program notes as well. So Janine, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate your journey and I hope that it will bring inspiration and powerful information to our viewers and listeners today. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Will. It's uh, quite an honor. I appreciate you and your own journey and uh, what you're doing right now. So expansive and uh, look for, I really look forward to seeing you uh, evolve into the future. Likewise. Thank you, Janine. And thank you for listening and watching to our viewers and listeners. Please visit loveandtruthparty.org to join our community, uh, download or order love letters, register for our newsletter, connect on social media, and consider a financial gift at loveandtruthparty.org. Thank you to all our supporters and contributors. Together we are creating kind, conscious, courageous human community.